Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today on this Valentine's Day week, our attention is drawn to matters of the heart, specifically this crazy little thing called love. We know it is patient and kind, and we know it's all we need and cannot be bought, but can it be taught? Well, we have the best person here for us to help answer this question. He's an HGSC faculty member, and he wrote the Harvard Education Letter Learning About Love article just this past year. His name's Rick Weisberg. You know him. You love him. Welcome to the EdCast. It's great to be here. Thank you, Matt. So, Rick, let's start with the sort of... uh, context that we're in right now, the need of maybe love being taught in schools or in this world. Is love in danger right now? Statistics might say institutionally, yes. And then how can schools kind of help remedy this? Well, I think if you, I think if you look in the big picture, we're doing a, a miserable job preparing young people for love. I mean, half of marriage is running divorce, almost half of marriage is running divorce. Um, lots of people who are married are miserably married. Um, Domestic violence, alcoholism, uh, the costs of divorce and mediation settlements, huge financial costs to this, huge emotional costs to this. So I just think we can do better. I mean, you know, I think the two most important things we do in our lives, Freud says this, are love and work. We have a huge number of institutions that are dedicated to helping, to preparing young people for work, as we should. We do next to nothing to prepare them to have tender, reciprocal, ethical love relationships. So where, where, do you, where do you see this sort of manifesting in the school context? And we can talk about parents in a second, but in the school context, when I went to grade school, high school, even college, there, necess- there wasn't necessarily a class called like Love 101. And then how do teachers within the construct of the pedagogy and the curriculum kind of weave that in? Well, you know, there's sex ed classes. And the, the thing, the problem with sex ed classes is they're, they're almost always either Um, abstinence-focused or comprehensive sex ed, but they're not about relationships. They're almost always disaster prevention. They're how not to get STDs, um, how not to get pregnant. They're not about, you know, the the tender, subtle, complex work of really developing a mature, caring love relationship, self-respecting love relationship with somebody else. So, you know, part of it is really thinking much harder about how we can enrich sex ed classes, so they at least cover, and, and, if, and some do, but most don't, um, some elementary things about how you develop a relationship with someone that's respectful and caring. And given the rates of, you know, the prevalence of misogyny out there, especially how sex education can really work with boys around misogyny, because it's a very serious problem. I think there are other contexts as well. Um, I've been sitting on a class, an English class, uh, where a guy, an English teacher, a wonderful teacher, is using poetry as a way of talking to students about love. Um, He's also using some other kinds of fiction to talk about love. Social studies, history, fascinating history of love. History is a great jump-off point for talking about love. So I do think there are these contexts in the school, and one of the things I'm finding is that students really, really want to talk about this. It's not a hard sell for them. They're really interested in it. Many are worried about it. Uh, many see the landscape out there, the adult landscape, but it makes them more worried. So it seems like a very important thing for schools to take up. And I'm not going to, 
I was going to say one other thing. I don't want to underestimate the difficulty of it because I think it's very difficult, but it seems like an important thing to do. So let's say that the way the sort of examples you gave is happening in schools. And then sort of back to now some of the parents who are listening to this podcast, uh, you being such a parenting expert, what is it that you as a parent can do to help facilitate this conversation that may or may not be happening within a school context, knowing that you're a parent and to talk to your children about love or sex is maybe one of the more difficult conversations you'll have? Yeah, well, you know, I think that parents need to give their kids some basic information about sex. I think there are things about sexuality that kids obviously don't want to talk to their parents about, and it's important to find somebody else who can talk to them about those aspects of sexuality. And sometimes it's a sex ed teacher, or sometimes it's an aunt or an uncle or some other adult or an older sibling or, some, or someone else. Um, a parent is not appropriate to have that conversation. But there are a few different issues here. You know, one is that, you know, parents are always like watching television with kids where they're seeing images of love relationships or they're going to movies with kids where they're seeing romantic relationships with kids. These are sort of natural opportunities for parents to talk about love. I'm not talking about, you know, this kind of potentially very awkward sit down face to face conversation about what love is. I'm talking about lots of opportunities that occur naturally. When, when kids go through break, breakups, particularly when college students go through breakups, they often want to talk to their parents about love and what love is. Often they'll find themselves attracted to somebody that at some level they know is not good for them. And sometimes that's an opportunity for parents to talk. And I feel like as parents, we often really haven't thought about this. Like we haven't thought about what makes a love relationship, you know, in a way that we can, com can communicate to our kids what makes a love relationship work and how can we communicate to that kid, to our kids who are at a very different developmental stage in a way that's really compelling and exciting for them, but that also helps them really understand what it takes to develop a romantic relationship. From a developmental sort of perspective, uh, is there a right time to begin this? I know as a parent, you can always model these types of relationships all throughout your children's lives, but is there a, is there a right moment when having these more serious relationship talks is, is best for the child? You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, particularly when kids reach adolescence, it's really important to have some relationship talk. Um, it's important to have relationship, you know, just the basic talk with, with boys, especially about respect and respecting women um, and respecting girls. You know, it's also important to have that conversation with girls um, about respect. I mean, I'm much more worried about misogyny in boys, but girls can also do harm in relationships. Um, it's important to talk to girls about um, protecting themselves and self-respect in adolescence, for sure, and some basic things about that in relationship. Um, but again, you know, I'm more concerned about girls being uh, potential victims, for sure, but girls can also do harm, and it's important to talk to girls about the harm they can do in relationships, too. So these are very important conversations, I think, to begin to have in, relation, in, in adolescence. So last year you gave this commencement address at the Harvard Graduate School of Education on uh, very much the theme of love. And you mentioned at one point, you'd rather have your daughter learn about love from Tolstoy than Justin Bieber. And, I, and I'm wondering, Rick, you know, with me seeing more Twitter updates from Bieber than Tolstoy on a daily basis, are we sort of fighting an uphill battle with all the noise in, our, in a sort of very um, skewed, love-filled society? Are we, are we fighting this battle where the Tolstoys and, and all the other maybe better models of love aren't making its way and we're only seeing what we see on television? Well, I'm, I'm very glad you, you, you brought this up because, you know, you know, the case that I'm making in a way is that 
the default, like that if, if schools and parents don't talk to their kids about love and don't talk to their kids about sexuality, they are going to learn about it from the media. <laughs> and, you know, there's some good images in the media of love, and occasionally there are good images about sex, but, you know, mostly it's just really concerning. It's really troubling um, about both sex and love. I mean, I think more damage has been done by media images of love than by media images of violence. I mean, just because the media is conveying so many myths and misconceptions about what a love relationship is and conflates infatuation and attraction, and attraction with love all the time. So I think that if we're passive about this as parents and as teachers, the media is going to educate our kids to a large degree about love. And um, so, you know, hard as it is for us as parents and educators, we sort of have to do it because that abdication seems so irresponsible to me, to abdicate to the media. And do you see good examples in the media, uh, good examples of loving relationships or relationships that would be good models that, that you've noticed over the years of consuming media in this ubiquitous society? You know, I'm a huge fan of Friday Night Lights. I think Friday Night Lights is a, uh, I mean, I think it's a great TV show, but I also think it's just a really interesting example of a mature couple, like a self-aware couple that talk through problems that are emotionally attuned to each other, that challenge each other appropriately that really work to be self-respecting and respecting in relationships and kind of raise each other's game, raise each other's ethical game, too. Um, so I think that's one example. And, you know, th there are other good examples. You know, there are examples where, in a sense, the good guy wins, you know, in, in the media, where um, in movies, where the guy who is really thoughtful, kind of mature, ends up, you know, some, somebody gets that he is the guy that um, the girl, the woman should be with. I mean, so I, I don't want to... You know, I think there's a tendency to sort of talk about the media as if it's, it's, it's just evil when it's so complicated. But I do worry about many of the images in the media. And back to schools, do you think it's okay for, say, a teacher in a public school to bring up love outside the context of, say, sex ed? Or is that sort of still like a sort of taboo, stay away from subject, let your parents mention that? You know, it's a good question because I think, and, and I don't know quite the, the answer to it, because I think this is going to play out differently in different parts of the country. Part of the case that I'm making is that the sex ed debate is so divisive and polarizing um, that we're probably going to get more common ground talking about love than we are about sex. <laughs> um, I still think that there are going to be places in the country where there's going to be discomfort about talking about love, but I think less discomfort than about talking about sex, and that some basic um, questions that are very much on teenagers' mind about how to form a romantic relationship, how to maintain one, how to deal with breakups, um, whether or not you're having sex, are things that teenagers really want to talk about and I think that adults can find more common ground about. Rick, if people are loving what they hear, where can they find out more about uh, your work on love um, or any of the, the books that you've written or the, any projects that you're currently working at the Ed School? Well, I appreciate, I appreciate the question. I wish I had a book about love. I'm starting a book about love. Um, we have a romantic relationships group that is, that is working on this. Um, I just published a piece in Phi Delta Kappa with Emily Weinstein and Amelia Peterson on, on love as well that p people might be interested in. And if you go to the gsc.harvard.edu, you can see Rick's entire speech from the commencement address, and you can read his letter and the Harvard Ed letter on love. Rick, we've loved having you on the show. We're overusing that word on purpose. And uh, to sort of model our love for you organizationally, we, on this Valentine's Week, have gotten you a chocolate-covered heart 
and want to officially ask, Rick, will you be the EdCast Valentine? <laughs> I, would, I would be, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Hopefully your wife is okay with this. <laughs> this has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. You've been with Rick Weisbord. Thank you so much for being on the show. Take good care. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.